Thank you for listening to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. If you'd like more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithworship.org. Hi. How you all doing? I didn't hear you. <laughs> As we're trying to respond to this, I think it's just really important that we respond in the way that, um, you know, that, that we respond, but let our response be the way that it should be in the sense that we're not um, blaming, pointing fingers at people, trying to find uh, someone that's responsible for this mess and I just feel like, you know, we, we as believers, we carry a higher level of responsibility in things like this. And I feel like we just, um, we have some answers that the world needs. And rather than react the way um, people without Jesus, we should be reacting the way Jesus would act. And going after the things that he um, would be going after, right? I mean, that just seems like to me, as he was on this earth, so are we in this world. I feel like there's, um, there's a response that we all get to do here to walk the way Jesus walked. And I know that most of us are doing this. It's basically in the area of protecting others and keeping others safe. And at the same time, there's this, uh, I don't know about you, but there's this like um, righteous kind of thing that's going on in me to where I just see this virus as, as a real bad enemy. It's not a, a nice person, not a nice thing. And I think we just need to take it captive and, and arrest it and, you know, put an end to it. So that's uh, kind of like what I want to talk to you today about. In Romans chapter 10, I'm going to read about confessions of the heart today. And um, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, But what does the word say? It says, The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For with the heart one believes, and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. That's really a um, powerful statement. It seems that um, there's been a lot of, I don't know, a lot of interpretation of this and what it might mean and how it might be in, uh, you know, looked at. And I feel like it's just really saying that from the heart, there's a wellspring of life that flows. And there's this reality. There's this reality of like um, looking at this scripture and a reality of looking at the heart and the words combined. And that's kind of like what I want to talk about today because I think a lot of times we go, you know, it's all about heart, 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 but... In reality, the gospel talks about our words being very important and very powerful as well. And I, I know that our believing, what we believe in, is eventually what we're going to end up speaking. And so I understand the importance of our belief, and I understand the importance of 
guarding our heart because it's a wellspring of life. But I also understand the importance of speaking from our heart and speaking from the Spirit and speaking by faith. And so I want to share another scripture in Matthew in chapter, chapter 15. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. And then his disciples came up to him and said, Do you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Now, what caused the Pharisees to be offended? What exactly was it that Jesus was saying that caused them to be offended and take offense? And you see, they taught in the law that certain foods made a person unclean. And Jesus comes along and he's basically saying, no, it's not, it's not what you put into your mouth that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of your mouth that makes you unclean. And then he said, every plant which my father, my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. So let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. And Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also without understanding? Do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now, it's interesting. I think I was telling uh, my grandkids recently that I've washed my hands, I think, more than I ever have at any time. And uh, it's interesting that Jesus would say this because he's also talking about the washings, the ceremonial washings that the law instructed about. And so he's taking two things on here. He's taking, one, the food issue on, that there are unclean foods. And he's saying, basically, no, it's not unclean foods that defile a man. And then he's basically saying, no, it's not unwashed hands that defile a man. And then he goes right into the heart. He goes right into the heart of the issue. He goes right into that place of the very innermost part of our beings. And he, he's basically saying, this is what God is looking at. He's not looking at the food that you're eating, and he's not looking at your hands that might be unclean. He's looking at your heart. And he's looking in there, and he's... He's going to go in and he's going to explore those things. He's going to let his light come and expose any darkness that's in there that needs to go. And this is what Jesus is basically saying. He's saying that the, the things that defile a person are existing down here in the secret innermost part of their being that nobody else can see, nobody else can hear. And it's like inside of us and it's just stewing away. These are where the murders, the adulterous things happen, the uh, lying comes, the gossip comes. It all starts deep within here, and then eventually it starts coming out through our speech. And I just feel like, you know, God isn't, he, Jesus isn't calling humans evil, okay? And he's not calling everybody murderers, and he's not calling everybody thieves, and he's not throwing everybody under the bus saying, the whole human race has gone foul. He's not doing that, but what he is saying is that we are responsible for guarding our heart and protecting our heart and making sure that our heart is clean, and it stays clean, and that it's pure inside there, that we're, we're, our motives are good, that our intent is good, that our beliefs are good, that we're lining our beliefs up with the truth, that we're lining our beliefs up with, with the Word, and that we're following Jesus and loving Jesus every day of our lives. And this is how we guard our hearts, you guys. It's like we are, are needing to protect our hearts from having 
things try to invade and try to corrupt. And you know, the the good thing that I the, that I was you know I was processing this and putting it together, the good thing that I can say about the heart is that it can be changed. Even if there are bad things inside the heart, even if there are vile things inside the heart, we can change those things. We can, you know, we can confess them to God. We can lay our lives out to God and say, you know what, this thing, it's just got to go. And, you know, I'm bringing it to you. Here it is. You know it's there. I know it's there. And I don't like it being there. And can we just get rid of it? And, you know, we can do that with the Lord. And the nice thing about the heart is it can be changed. It's also the scary thing about the heart that it can be changed. Because you can be strong in faith, you can be like ready to move mountains one day, and the next, the next week you're ready to sink into the mire, you know? And it's like, there can be this, uh, the, the heart can go up and down, up and down, in and out, all over the place. But the beautiful thing is, is it can be changed. The scary thing is, is that it can be changed. And the most, the thing that I really want to say the most today is that we are responsible to guard it. It's like we're the guardians of our heart. And so we just need to make sure we're guarding our hearts and guarding our insides and protecting our insides and making sure that we're staying close to Jesus, you know, that we're drawn near to him. He's going to draw near to us, even in times like this, that we can draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. And I, I just feel like that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's, he's laying this out and it's offending the Pharisees because they're all about the externals. They're all about the ceremonial things. They're all about the foods, about the washings. I mean, they're all about this kind of stuff. And he's just coming along just going, you guys, you're missing. You're missing the mercy. You're missing the love. You're missing the faith. You're missing the, that which you know is really important. You guys are missing this. And you're burying the really important stuff in all your laws and all your rules and all your doctrines and all your teachings. And you're overlooking some of the most important things. And those are the things that really we need to be focused on and really we need to be concentrating on. And so this, this uh, led me to think, okay, the heart can be changed. So no matter what state we're in, if, we've got, you know, if you've got thoughts in there of anger and hatred, and you've got things like this stewing in your heart, you can change your heart. You can just tell the Lord about it. Talk to Him. Just tell Him, you know what, I, I got this horrible stuff going on in me. I might look happy on the outside, but inside, I'm not feeling too good, Lord. And bring it to Him and confess to Him. Get it, get it into the light because the light is what cures things. I, I love what they're finding out about light in this virus. And they're, uh, you know, just recently in, in the news that it came out um, that basically that, you know, light and um, light and warmth are, are enemies of this virus. I love that. So that's intensified my prayers for warmer air for New England because I would like for us to get back to normal around here as best we can. And so I'm praying for the heat and I'm praying for the light. And um, had a good day in the sun yesterday, that's for sure. I don't know about you, but I did. And it, so anyway, I just feel like, you know, times like this, we just need to, draw, we need to draw near. I feel like the Spirit is just saying, just pull near to me. Come near to me. I know it's a tough time for you guys right now. It's a tough time for all of us. But just pull near, okay? Just draw near to God. He is faithful. He'll draw near to us. And that's the beauty of His faithfulness. The beauty of His goodness is that, you know, He doesn't want us, like, hiding from this thing in, you know, for the rest of our lives. He's a good God. And he, he just wants us to just talk to him about this stuff. You know, bring it up to him. If you're frustrated about the virus and if you're all upset about the virus, talk to Jesus. He's the best one that, that can, you can talk to. He's the best one that knows what to do in situations like this. And he's the best one to lean on for answers. 
And so I was, I was like going through Hebrews chapter 11. I was directed to Hebrews 11. And, you know, it's basically by faith Abraham believed, Isaac believed, Jacob believed, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, and a whole listing of others. And this is what they did. They subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Beautiful passage of scripture, but you know what? Each one of those things of victory, each one of those things of conquest means that they were going through a trial. So if you're going to be fighting, um, you're going to be fighting uh, bad people that don't like you and they're coming up against you, then you're going to be in the midst of a battle. You're going to be in the midst of a trial. And in order to make a conquest, you're going to need faith. You're going to need to believe like Abraham and and Isaac and Jacob and all these guys that are listed in here, Gideon and uh, Barak. And it goes on to say there is a whole list of others that I I don't have time to get into right now. It's what Hebrews 11 says. But these are the people that made, these are the people that changed our world. They actually changed things by their faith. They reversed things by their faith. They fought battles that, you know, I just think of David and, and Goliath. You know, it's a giant that David goes up against. And he goes up against him just with the, the simple things that he went up against Goliath with. And he ends up and he, he wins because he was a man of faith. His whole thing inside of his, his, his heart, right? The whole thing inside of him was basically saying, you know what? This thing is an enemy of God. It doesn't have any right to be here. It's going down. Goliath's coming down. And I believe that's the same thing that we need to be looking at in our, in our um, day, in, in that we as believers carry hope. We carry a promise that other people that, that don't have Jesus, they just don't have. It's not their fault. If they knew they could have it, they probably would. But we have Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory living inside of us. We have answers. We have faith that can move mountains. So these, these people, they were like, you know, receiving their dead back to life again, that's an exciting thing. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, why not? Okay, and then it goes on to say, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. I mean, we're wandering about right now in face mask and vinyl gloves. I mean, you know, it's, it's rough. We're not supposed to see people, touch people, and hug people. You know, but there's a, they're being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world is not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, but God had him provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now, this is a very powerful scripture because he's, he's laying out two things. He's saying, you know, these people that were great men of faith, they fought the victories, they won the battles, and then there's other people, great men of faith, great women of faith, and they didn't get what was promised. But they remained faithful. And how do you remain faithful when you're not getting what's promised? You guard your heart. You make sure your heart doesn't start entertaining doubts. Well, if God was really good, what, why would all this suffering be going on? Well, if God was looking out for us, why would all... And all these things, all these questions that start stirring up. And if they find a place to land inside of your heart, 
they're going to, you know what, they're going to germinate and it's going to grow up into weeds. And that's where a lot of believers get in trouble. This is where a lot of people get in trouble. It's like they, they can be mighty people of faith and then eventually, by not guarding their hearts, weeds settle in and they begin to fall away from the Lord. I've seen it with people. I've, I've you know, seen people who were strong in, in walking in the faith of God and they just basically just walked away. And just, you know, now they're just living apart from God and not walking with God. You've seen it. We've all seen it. And it's basically, how does it happen? By, by letting our hearts slip. By not keeping our heart in tune with Jesus. By not walking with Him. By not gathering our heart unto Him. And it's like, this is where, you know, we carry a responsibility for this. It's like, we're responsible for the questions that our heart starts to ask about the goodness of God. We're responsible for providing answers to our heart that, yes, He is good, and yes, He is faithful, and yes, He is going to be with us, and yes, He is going to draw near because He promised. And it's like, these are the things that we do with our heart. We need to answer the questions by the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I just feel like they obtained a good testimony. What's... What's the reward of faith? It's a good testimony. What's the reward of believing that God is good? It's a testimony that follows. So, I just want to close with a couple of other, a couple of other verses, and then I'll be uh, wrapping this up. Uh, Proverbs 18.21, which uh, many of us know, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this is a very incredible scripture. It's a very powerful scripture that is basically saying, you know, that our, our speech is important, that our tongue is important, that, you know, we guard our hearts so that what will happen is that our speech will begin to, um, our speech will be to process what, you know, what, what faith is calling us to process, that we'll be able to move in the area with faith and move along with Jesus and be able to walk in the faith that Jesus walked in. You know, I, let, me, let me tell you something. Jesus, you know, he, he, this guy, he, he was, he, when he's on the earth in the flesh, man, he, he just really, con- he had to confront a lot of things. I mean, there were, uh, there, Israel was kind of lost. You know, they were God's children, but they were out in the deep. They were lost. He comes along and he starts confronting different things about their law and, and different teachings and how they were um, moving away from the heart of the word and the heart of the scripture. And they were going into other things and relying on their own understanding to interpret things. And he just comes along and he, he just, wow, you know, he, he came along and, and he, corrected, he corrected these people of his day by displaying the power of God and the love of God in situations. He used parables where, you know, you remember the Samaritan who fell on the wayside and there were three different types of people that walked by him and they just didn't, didn't have time for him. But there's one person that came by and he took care of him, the good Samaritan. He took care of him and he, he gave him clothes and he put him in a, in a room and he fed him and provided for him. And Jesus is saying, you know, rather than just walk by these people that have needs, take care of their needs, provide for their needs, deliver the goodness of God to them. And that's what he did. You know, when did he ever walk up to someone and, you know, tell them, you'll have to wait for a better medicine to be invented for you to get healed. 
Or when did Jesus look at his disciples and say, I'm calling you to build hospitals? You know, rather what he said is he gave them authority over sickness and over diseases and over demons. And he told them, cleanse the lepers and help people get out there and, and do things. And it, it's not like building hospitals is a bad thing. And it's not like medicines are a bad thing. But it's like Jesus never taught his disciples to do these things. He said, you guys can have power over this stuff. And you know what? It's what we need to walk in. We need to develop that power in our inner heart to be able to say, we have authority over sickness and over disease and over demons. And we have the authority and the ability to conquer these things. And this is the, this is the attitude of faith. This is what faith cries out inside of us. It's like, no, we're not victims. We're not weak. We can overcome because we're overcomers in this life. Because he overcame in this life. And he overcame death. And he overcame sickness. And, you know, it's like, wow, I don't know. As believers, our words are to carry life and not death. And I believe in this time, it's very important how we watch our speech. That we make sure that we're speaking life and not death in this time and in this hour. And I, I feel like there's a really heavy burden on this for me. It's like in, inside of me, I'm guarding my speech. You know, I, like I said, I'm feeling frustrated in a lot of ways with this thing. But at the same time, I'm having to guard my speech. I just can't let my frustrations become my speech. I have to guard that frustration. And I have to tell my heart, rely on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you all the time. His goodness is in you. He's given you authority, yes. You have authority to trample over snakes and scorpions. You have authority to take things down that don't belong. And we carry that authority inside of us, believers. And listen, we are the ones that are going to stand up against this thing and make decrees against it. I, I just feel like everybody else is just kind of like swatting flies right now, trying to find answers to solutions that they don't know anything about. And yet we have an answer and we have a solution. We're people of faith. We're people that walk like Abraham walked and trusted God all the way. And I think Jesus did the same thing. And either Jesus gave us authority or he didn't give us authority. And I believe he gave it to us. So why not exercise it? Why not use it on a daily basis? Why not be able to hear a news report and be able to say, you know what, that's, that's what you guys are looking at. But here's the thing I'm looking at. I'm looking at something where this virus is going to die. It's going to desist. It's going to be no more, not going to be a problem. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to run for the rest of my life from this stupid thing. And then someone says, well, it's wait, it's wait. I feel like I'm rambling right now. You know, I, I am rambling right now. You know, I like to ramble, but I need to wrap this thing up pretty quick. But I just want to say this to you. Guard your speech. Make sure your speech is with the authority of Jesus Christ. Make sure that you're lining your heart up with his authority. And, and you're just like looking at this saying, all right, what would Jesus do in these situations? How would he act? Where, how would he be walking right now today? What would he be looking at? What would he be saying? How would he be helping? These are all good questions that we can ask. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> my notes just skipped all the way back to the beginning. Because it's good. It's just a good thing to do. Talk to your heart. Talk to yourself. Bring yourself into the alignment of a powerful believer and a person of faith. And I just want to close with this uh, one last uh, scripture because I just feel like this is a very powerful scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. 
And having put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and is in all. And this is a beautiful truth that we have Jesus Christ in us. He is the hope of glory. And we get to carry him everywhere we go. And everywhere our foot goes, it becomes ground that is blessed. I want to encourage you guys. And I want to just tell you, you know what? We have power over this thing. I know that some of you are really going after this and making declarations. And I just feel like we need to just make our declarations line up with the heart of the Father in this. And we need to line our hearts up with his heart. And just like Jesus walked on the earth and healed diseases, we get to walk on the earth and heal diseases. And I just feel like it's just an important thing for us to do. And I, I want to pray today. I want to close in prayer. I, I feel like there's, um, there's, just a, there's a need for us to just look higher and look beyond this thing. I mean, there's a need for us to look Above, There's a need for us to keep our eyes on things above, not on things of this earth. And in this hour, there's a need for us to do this. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you, and I just thank you for this wonderful church and this wonderful people. And I thank you, God, that you have put us here on earth for this time, that we're in this hour, and we're the ones walking uh, today on the earth, and we're your children and we believe in you, and we believe that you're good, and we believe that you are um, holding good things for us today. I want to thank you for, our, for your protection, Lord. Number one, I want to thank you that you've given us faith, that you, you've given it to us. You've given us the ability to rise up above things that would try to control our lives. And you've given us the authority to stand and to just say, no, not, not here. No, this, this is not, not going on. And you've allowed us to walk in the Spirit concerning these things. And you've allowed us, Lord, to carry your peace in our hearts that, that we can actually guard our hearts with your peace and with your faith. We can rise up above these things. I just bless your people today, Lord. I, man, we're, we're just longing for the day when we can get back together. I know that. I get that, Lord. At the same time, I, I understand the, the government and so many other people, they're, they're doing the best they can to work through this. No one's ever come up against this in our generation. This is big, and it's really a big thing, Lord. And so there's no guilt. There's no condemnation here. There's no shame on how people are handling things. There's just people trying to find a solution to a problem that exists. I pray for your people, the believers that we would open up your solution and that we would bring your solution to the land. That we would bring your truth to the lies and that we would be able to conquer in this day and in this hour. Whoa, bless you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. You're so good. You're so faithful. Bless your house, Jesus. 
Amen.